That's why we call ourselves Discover San Angelo. Visit is fine. You would hope that when people come to our community, even if they come over and over again, that they discover something new every single time. Because that's what the adventure is about, especially in travel. Welcome to the By the Stream Media Podcast. I'm Matt Butcher. And today I am joined by Diane Bays, the Vice President of Discover San Angelo. Thanks for coming today. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Good. Yeah, so I've known Diane. I was trying to go back through emails and look at like how long we've worked together and known each other. Um, and it's over It's over six years, I think. Five. Is it five? A little over okay. five. Okay, yeah. a little over five. And I was trying to remember the first project that we did together. Um, one of my favorites is the posters that we got to do. And like my favorite of all time that I've probably ever designed is that kayaker going down the river, um, poster that you, you gave me like the freedom to do something like totally different that no one had really given me the chance to do before. And so that was exciting for me. Well, it it was phenomenal work and we, you know, we wanted something kind of like from the fifties. But updated, yeah. Uh, back when they did the travel posters, and you know, being able to show the Riverwalk and uh, what it would look like for someone coming to San Angelo—that's what we're here for. We we sell the community, and you you put that image there for others. And I know I can't tell you how many times people have said, "Do you have postcards of that?" So maybe cool. we should get those. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be awesome. But I mean, just to credit to you, like you are extremely creative and you notice um, you're not afraid to try something different. And I think that probably that's going to come out a lot today on our podcast is that you are always looking for creative ways to put stuff together, put people together, put stuff out there. And not, you're not, sometimes we can have projects where it's, it's very controlled, which is good to have direction. And that kind of thing, but sometimes it, it can, you know, you do something cool, and then they're like, "Oh no, we don't want that. That's too different." Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, you... you're the experts. I mean, we. I have the idea, but I can't necessarily. I don't have the skill set to put that in play. Yeah. You guys do, so I have to trust those who work for me in that role uh, when we contract with you to to make it work, and I, you know. I think what I've I've loved about working with with by the stream and with you particularly is you bring a notepad in and you just start drawing. So it, that's just your way of of you know I take crazy notes like a doctor so nobody yeah. can read them but me. But you draw it out and and then you realize what you you want to do based on the story. So you draw the story I tell and that's that's a great great collaboration for me because I can't do it. Yeah. Honestly, we just like enjoy working with you and, and love it and uh, look forward to doing that still to come. But just so people understand what it is that you even do, uh, describe the the Visitors Bureau, Discover San Angelo, kind of what your position is. What What is all this that we're even talking about? Sure. Yeah, we are the destination marketing organization for the city of San Angelo. So we're contracted. We're a division of the Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And we manage the Discover San Angelo uh, website and social media, as well as we are out marketing the the story of San Angelo, if you will. So our job is to tell the story, the positive story. Mm-hmm. We know there are negative stories out there in any community, but we focus on the good things that there, there are here to say 
because we want visitors to come. Our role is to bring visitors into our community. Day trips are great, but our office is fully funded by hotel tax. Right. So we want visitors to spend the night, spend more money, shop, eat, go to attractions, all of that while they're in town. And so we really target those out-of-town guests. And what's good for the guest is also good for the resident because they use those same products. And when we get our information out on social media, the residents who follow us on our social media pages find out that the things to see and do as well. So it's a win-win for both sides. And that's, I've done this for, I've been in the travel and tourism industry for almost 30 years, but the the destination marketing world, about probably a little over 15 of that. Okay. And it's just to be able to tell the positive story of a community is, that's powerful. Yeah. You know, we, we want, it all starts with a visit. That comes from my friend Mara Gass from the Irving Convention and Visitors Bureau. She said that years ago in a speech, and I've never forgotten it. It does all start with a visit. Yeah. No, definitely. So you said 30 years you've been in traveling t- tourism? Almost 30 years. So where did that start? Well, the official start was when I was about 14. I worked at the Panther Cove Drive-In in the little tiny town of Follett, Texas, around under 500 people. Okay. I had 10 people in my class, and uh, I was a waitress. And I was, yeah, I was 14 because I remember having to do my taxes the next year and didn't know what that was. I had to ask my aunt. What, what do I do? Yeah. But officially, I started, I want to say, when I was probably 20, 24, 25, I was at the Worthington Hotel in downtown Fort Worth. And I've, I've worked in all assets of the travel and tourism industry except for an airport. Okay. I've, I've worked trains? for attractions. No, well, not, not oh, okay. trains, but transportation. Okay. So I've worked in transportation at the oh, yeah. airlines, uh-huh. uh, but I've worked for attractions. I've worked for hotels. Um, now I work for a destination marketing that organization that sells all of those things. Yeah. So I've, I've learned along the way what you can do, how to empathize with businesses because I've been there. Yeah. And so that brings a, a different light to what I, I do for a living. But yeah, I've I've been doing this for a long time and love it. I, I don't know how long I'll do it, but you know, hope to do it a long time. Yeah. Even more. So yeah. I feel like it really shows how much you've learned and, and how long you've been a part of the industry because of how well you relate to people, uh, other businesses. It's it, it's obviously in every aspect of what you do. And I feel like it's, it's a really good testament to how qualified you are for your position now. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't learn in all those years, if I haven't learned, I, I can't be good at my job. And, you know, people have always said you have one mouth, two ears, listen, pay attention, all of that. And I, you know, I go back to some of my mentors and two always stand out for me, Mm -hmm. both in the travel and tourism industry. One taught me to pick my battles. She said, they're not all battles. Um, Learned that from a meeting with, with clients that, you know, I was young and, and kind of dumb and, and she said, yeah, pick your battles and not everything has to be a battle. So that's how I learned to listen better. And then another mentor said, or didn't say it, showed it, that no job is beneath you. So he would, would he was in charge of a, a hotel, and 
he would be there helping take sheets down and and all of those things when there was a quick turnaround in the hotel and different groups were coming in. Mm -hmm. So he always taught me that and without ever saying it. And so I've tried to remember those kinds of things because they bring the, they bring out your best. Yeah. When you're paying attention. And and so I try now that I'm in that mentor stage and not the mentee stage. Yeah. I try to provide that to to my staff and those colleagues of mine who are friends in the industry who are younger than me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't always succeed uh, just myself. I still have a lot of learning to do. I don't always get it right. But I I feel like I've the lessons I've learned have certainly helped me. Yeah. To be better. Yeah. Well, I, that's undoubtable. Like, um, just being able to relate to even the, the lowest position or starting position of stuff, you know, folding towels in a hotel or waiting tables. If you can relate to what those people are going to, you can see how that's going to relate to other bigger projects and, and other things that you're going to be doing. Uh, along the way. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I've done all those jobs and, yeah. and that, you know, I, I used to work at the Texas Travel Alliance and we had a travel and tourism college in the summer and we, I was one of the, the facilitators for a class, a group of, of students. And we had an instructor talk about some things that one of the people in the audience or in the, in the being instructed to one of the students said, I, I'm never going to do that job. This is somebody else in my staff does that. And I can't remember who it was, quite frankly, don't know if they're still in the industry, but I thought, I wonder if that changed after COVID. Okay. Because did you have to do those jobs? Because a lot of people were laid off, yeah. which was a huge hard lesson that, you know, everybody needs to know how to do the work. Yeah. And, you know, graphic design is not something I know how to do. I have a person who does that. And we also use you guys um, and, and other uh, companies when we need that work done. That is not my skill set. But marketing, sales, I've done all those things. Yeah. And I could go back into a hotel and either run it or work in housekeeping because I've done all of them because you have to. You know, yeah. no job is beneath you. Yeah. Is a true life lesson. Uh, you know, if the trash is out at your favorite attraction, pick it up. Yeah. Just grab it. There's a trash can somewhere. Yeah. Pick it up. Go wash your hands. Yeah. It, you know, because that you want that attraction to have its best foot forward, that restaurant to have its best appearance for whoever's coming in because you want it to stay open. Yeah. So you go do that. It's no big deal. Right. You know, our hands were cleaner in 2020 than they've ever been, ever. Yeah. And because of all the hand sanitizer, yes. we can still have a hand sanitizer in yeah. 2022 and still clean things up. Yeah. So, you know, all of those, again, no job is beneath you. That was, that's still part of that lesson as we, as we learn every day. Right. Yeah. That's a testament just to probably why we work so well together, because you can understand like where I'm coming from when we're designing stuff, you're able to... Uh, convey what you're looking for right off the bat. Like there's no guesses or questions about I uh, wonder what she meant or what that means or we design something and you're like, that's not what I wanted at all. You know, that that happens a lot in our industry, but with you, it doesn't ever seem to go that way. It's like we have a clear direction where we're going. You give us freedom, but still it's like, you know, it needs to go this way. And then I feel like every time it turns out 
better than it ever would individually. I feel like the synergy of us working together is always great. So I enjoy that. Well, when you have, you're an extended staff person. I mean, that when you work with anybody outside of your staff that you're trying to produce a product with, they're your extended staff. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to communicate with them, even if you just met them. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Otherwise, yeah. you're wasting each other's time. Right. And, and money of the organization you work for. So getting out the, the complete message is important. And, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, you know, you, you throw things on a wall and hope they stick. I've, I've had some things that did not work out that I thought were great ideas. Yeah. Uh, some of them didn't get past leadership, not necessarily here, but in other communities, they didn't get past the leadership, even though I thought this is something that could work. And I still stand by some of those things. It's Can like, I ask what any of those are? Maybe something that didn't see the light of day or... I, I won't name the town. Okay. But the town we lived in had a lot of squirrels. Okay. A lot of squirrels. And I know some people don't like squirrels. They think of them as glorified rats. Mm -hmm. But people look at them, they're cute. Yeah. A squirrel is cute. And I was looking at a mascot idea. And we had an agency very similar to yours that were young and fresh and just knew how to do what I needed. And I wanted the squirrel. Well, the squirrel, the squirrel was would have been the mascot. And the sidekick was a nut and they put faces on the nut. And, and so they, one of them was a spa. We had, we had a lot of spas in that community. So they put the squirrel in a robe and green mask on the face mm -hmm. and on the face like of the nut. Like a cartoon squirrel? Yeah. Or, okay. and, and it was just, this is yeah. what the, this is what the locals do, you yeah. know? <laughs> Even though we know a squirrel's never going to go to the spa, yeah. but we had all these different fun things. But yeah. no, but they didn't want a squirrel to be a mascot, okay? Because it was just not. It's it they, wasn't what they thought the community should be, and that saw was it fine. As a rodent as a rat, they or saw something it as like rodent, that. and I I just didn't see it, and, uh -huh. and it was cute, it was funny, yeah, and that's okay. But yeah. it was a. I still look at those images in my head because I remember seeing yeah, them and worked. thought how funny they were. Business yeah. suit of a squirrel in a business suit, a squirrel in a baseball worked. uniform with a uh, a nut with a catcher's mask. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it could just, work. Oh yeah, it could have. But yeah. that's okay. Oh, well. maybe someday, somewhere we'll bring it to San Angelo then. Yeah, we don't have that many squirrels here. What do we got? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we got here. We have Raccoons? sheep. We have sheep. Uh, we, we have sheep. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're already set. Yeah. Nice. So I know that you're pretty well traveled. Like you, especially around Texas, it seems like you get all over to these little small places and, and different things. Uh, what was it that attracted you to San Angelo to work here? Were you just looking for jobs and this is where it worked out? Or did you pursue this? How did you become the, the VP? Discover some answers. Well, when in 2015, 2016, my husband and I, I left, I left my job at the Texas Travel Alliance. I was their senior vice president, president of membership and development. And that was the advocacy organization for the Texas travel industry. And so in that job, doing membership, I literally was all over the state talking to our members. And so that's, that kind of gave me the bug. I had it before, but I did it then. That was part of my role in mm -hmm. my job was to go out and see people. And my husband and I took a year off after I left that job and we RV'd. So we got to experience tourism from the visitor's perspective. Yeah. At a different way. Because when I started in this business, we had a website. 
we had direct mail. We had cold calls. I mean, you know, yeah. that's what we had. Right. And now, you know, we like, we link, so we tweet, we pen, we do, yeah. all, we TikTok, we Facebook, we do all yeah. those things. And so I made travel decisions with my phone most of the time. Okay. You know, that's what I did. So I looked at destinations, websites. I did, you know, the the brands like TripAdvisor and any of those travel brands. And I was on their apps looking at what there was to see and do in communities. And so I got to live that life and learn this is how a visitor makes a decision now. Mm -hmm. And I knew we were only going to do this for six months. We did it for a year. And I knew I was going back to work. My husband's uh, about 15 years older than me, so we wanted to do some of our travel early uh, yeah. while we were both physically able to do that. Right. And so we did that, and I started putting out applications all over, and I, I had I was being looked at all over the U.S., but there were a couple of Texas destinations. My husband is not a Texan, okay. but he said, I would rather stay in Texas. So he helped make that decision for me. Yeah. And San Angelo was one of the opportunities. And I had only been to San Angelo once a few years prior when I was working for the Texas Travel Alliance. We did what they call text study tours. So we would bring travel counselors that are at the entryway visitor centers mm -hmm. or travel centers in the state. And we would take them on a tour bus to certain regions. Well, San Angelo was one of those stops. Okay. So that was my first visit probably 2014 or 2015, to San Angelo. And I thought, what a cool town. Yeah. And I thought of it as a town, not a city. Okay. Because it just had that feel, even though I knew it was a city. Yeah. That's how it felt. Right. And so I, uh, I got the opportunity to work here, took the job. And because I serve on a couple of, well, now one state board, but I was at that time serving on two, I went to a lot of meetings um, mm -hmm. in different communities, and rural communities have always had my heart. Yeah. I, I've lived in 20 cities and towns in Texas. I was born in the largest city, Houston. And I've lived in towns like Follett that were under 500. Mm -hmm. So I've, I talk about a vast difference. Yeah. But the, the rural communities are places people will go. They just have to find that one thing they have. Yeah. Whatever that might be, it could be beautiful stained glass churches. Yeah. It could be one really unique history of some notable person who lived there. Yeah. It could be hunting. It could be fishing. It could be just any of those things. They have to find it. And then larger cities can piggyback and help them promote that product, especially if yeah. they're within a bus tour ride on okay. the way somewhere. Yeah. And so I like to try to help those those communities, but I like to go find out about them and, and mm -hmm. what's there and, and what makes you uni unique. And, yeah. Yeah. And I started uh, taking photographs when I was at uh, the Texas Travel Alliance because I was doing membership calls. And when you were in a lot of tiny towns, especially in East Texas, mm -hmm. there were there was a member every 20 or 30 miles. So I started taking pictures. So I would remember what was there. It was right. it, it helped me remind me. And then I started blogging. And I, I blogged, um, I think I was called Texas Traveler, and I blogged about where I went. Yeah. And it was my own personal blog, and I've kept doing that. And uh, probably the one most people are aware of 
a, a lot of people are aware of is how big is Texas. Yeah. And I drove the perimeter of Texas in 2020 with a couple of my colleagues from the industry who I didn't know very well, but we had just been in Canada right before okay. the pandemic. Yeah. And we'd spent a week together. And so we went in June of 2020 and we drove the perimeter. Wow. How long did that take? We did it. We had, we had limited time. Okay. So it was very quick. And yeah. yes, I would want to take more time if I did it right, ever to really to do yeah. it. But we did it in nine days, eight nights. Wow. And I did all the driving because that was one of the things I wanted to be able to do. Uh -huh. But we saw our colleagues in the industry along the way. Okay. And so that was fun to be able to see them where they work. And, you know, we saw every ecosystem. Right. Yeah. In the everything. whole state. Yeah. Every desert, ecosystem. ocean, forest. Everything. And so, and, yeah. and trees really kind of led our way. We knew where we were uh -huh. kind of based on, you know, you have the pine curtain in East Texas, then you go to the, the tropical area and yeah. you see the palm trees mm -hmm. and then you get to West Texas and you see mesquites and then you get to far West Texas and you don't see any trees. Yeah. You might see a few cactus. Right. And, and then in the panhandle, some trees, but mostly wheat. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd you'd get into some oaks and all of that. So, you know, really nature kind of guided us on this trip. But yes. it was, it, and we saw a lot of small towns that yeah. had just really cool things in them. And I didn't know what they were. And, and one one town, the it's a, in the Panhandle, I think it's the Northwest Panhandle, town of Conlon. Mm -hmm. And we, I didn't expect anything because I kind of researched the towns along the way. Population 19. Okay. And they had a 20-foot cowboy, yeah. art cowboy, okay. with Tex on his belt buckle, kind of like Big Tex at the state Made fair. out of, like, he, Metal, or, I think. Or, okay. But it just was there. Yeah. It just, where a grain elevator would normally pop up, there was this thing. Nice. <laughs> this art okay. thing. And we didn't know it was going to yeah. be there. But those kinds of fun pieces yeah. are part of our storytelling. Right. And that's what, that's that story, whatever that story is, I still haven't figured it out. Uh, but in the town of Conlon with 19 people, they have a 20 foot art installation that people could go see. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean that, and that's, Texas is filled with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Texas is crazy. And that's, that's <laughs> the part I think that the discovery right. part, uh, that's why we call ourselves Discover San Angelo. Visit is fine, mm -hmm. but you would hope that when people come to our community, even if they come over and over again, that they discover something new every single time. Right. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the adventure is about, especially in travel. Yeah. So what did you discover when you came to San Angelo that you didn't have any clue that was here? Do you remember anything that took you off guard or you're like, what? And that, that might be a while now, but... Yeah, man, it's, yeah, I, I can't remember. I know we saw the Lily Gardens, which blew me away. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Because you, you're you're in outside of, or not quite in the desert, but yeah. you're in kind of desert climate. You don't expect that. You're right. You don't. And, and I happened to be here in October. And so we were only here a day and a half while I was driving back mm -hmm. to Austin. I parked in Midland because that's where we started that trip. And so I thought, I'm going to go back through San Angelo because something was said during the study tour that we didn't get to do. And so I went to the state park 
Yeah. And I hadn't been to the state park. I think it was the south entrance. I can't remember now. But the, the con trees are there. Yeah. And it happened to be during the monarch butterfly migration. Oh, All the monarchs cool. were there. Wow. And I'd never seen what that. Great timing. Oh, yeah. And and I thought, well, I'm going to see if they're there. And they were. And that one thing is, to me, every year, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. It's kind of like people in the hill country excited about the blue bonnets coming in in April. Right. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. that, it's going to happen soon. Yeah. I don't know when. It's photography and, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I started planting every kind of plant that a monarch butterfly likes uh-huh. just so I could experience it. Yeah. It, it was. Just draw them in. Yeah. It, yeah, it was cool. like, that was such a cool thing. And most people don't get to see that. So yeah. you can see that at um, at the state park. You can see it by the Concho River downtown. Yeah. Yeah, and you can everything. see it at Lake Nasworthy. And they all like pecan trees. Who knew? Yeah. And But they were just thousands and thousands of them just fluttering around. That's that's just a cool experience to, yeah. to do. It costs nothing. Right. It's just there. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, butterflies, for choosing this migra- migratory path. Yeah. No, that's so cool. <laughs> and I, I know, speaking of, like, the state park, it blew me away to find out, like, there's buffalo out there that you could just, like, go up to. And they, you know, they feed them. You know, certain times of day you can go out there and the buffalo are just right there. And yeah, they're them, just so, the longhorns. It's they're such weird creatures, too. But they're, it's just different to be in front of them than right. to see it on like TV. And you're like, oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've actually been, I, I lived in Kansas for a brief amount of time and, and we went to a, a, to a place that had a buffalo ranch and we were in a, I don't know, I'd call it a hoopie. You know, just a little uh-huh. old Jeep or something. Yeah. And we drove into the herd, and then they surrounded us. Okay. And I'm like, what's going to happen yeah. next? Because there's a big bull there, yeah. you know, looking at us. And I'm like, uh. Right. <laughs> I was probably pretty scared, but just watching them, and they were pretty docile at the time. And then when he started driving, they opened up and let us out. But those, again, those experiences, I've taken yeah. travel riders to the state park. Yeah. And we took one specific travel writer who was a, also a Disney blogger. Okay. And she had two little boys, and she didn't get to ex- do that experience. They had to leave early. So she came, called and said, can I come back and let the boys do that? Yeah. So we put them on a flatbed, and they got to experience it. And she wrote us back and said, best experience our kids have ever had. And I thought, they've been to Disney many times. <laughs> yeah. So to say that, that to bed, me is like, yeah. but— and That's I've been cool. to Disney too, and yeah. I love it. But the authenticity right. of nature and yeah, you can't control that. Right. Well, Disney, you know, it's it's redone every single day for someone else, kind of thing. You know, right. it's it's rehearsed right. and it's practiced and it's intentional. But yeah, if you go out there and there's buffalo and you have that interaction yeah. with nature, it's yeah, and those kids, and... those kids loved it. And you know, the other thing I'd say about San Angelo is our culinary scene is incredible to me. Yeah. We have a lot of independent restaurant owners that have produced amazing, amazing products. And I would put us up against any large city as far as our food is concerned, because I think it's, it's fantastic. Every time I've brought travel writers, they don't have a bad experience. And, and that's, that's, that says something. Yeah. Because, you know, food, foodie tourism and, and all of that, people love it. That, you know, if it's Instagrammable, Instagrammable and tastes good. Right. Yeah. They're in. Yeah. 
because that's what people want to do. Right. And, you know, travel really with social media, what we've learned is that people post their trips on social media to show off. You're we right. can say we don't, but we do. Yeah. We, we want to say this is where we've been. Mm-hmm. How cool is it that we've been here? Yeah. And part of my my How Big Is Texas reasoning for that is I go to places most people haven't been. Yeah. Because I want to show their story because they're small most of the time. I, I talk a, a little bit about large cities. They don't need that help as yeah. much as little small towns of 20 or 19 right. people in Conlin, Texas. Yeah. You know, and so I, I like to be able to to talk about that. I You know, if you go to Lajitas in the Big Bend region, they have Mayor Clay Henry and he's a beer drinking goat. And he's okay. in a pen right as you enter the town. Yeah. And he really does drink beer. Okay. But he's he's like the fourth iteration of their mayors. And it was based on some bet uh, with some cowboys back in the day. To get <laughs> so, to drink beer. So th- no, 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 to actually have a mayor. So they, oh, oh. they elected a goat. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So you've got a beer drinking goat that's the mayor of Lajitas. Oh, wow. And I mean. It's just random. You yeah. can't make that up. That's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. No, that's that's fun. Yeah. So, and those stories again are everywhere. And you know, there's a big tree, a really big tree, and and that's what's called um, outside of Rockport, mm-hmm. uh, Texas. And it's in a in a state park, but it's a massive tree. I've never seen anything like it. Hmm. Um, and and even those tree stories outside of uh, Goliad, there is a Sam Houston oak eight mm-hmm. miles outside of the town. And when the Alamo fell, Sam Houston happened to be in Goliad, and they planned the battle um, in San Jacinto under that oak tree, and oh, that's still okay. there. Yeah. So you know that it is a tree. Yeah. That tree's never going to tell us that story, but it's there, right. and so you know that that is part of our history. So we have lots of little things that can be contribute to mm-hmm. the travel and tourism story for Texas. Right. And yeah. San Angelo plays a, a good part of that. The Buffalo Soldier Memorial that's being built. Yes. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they contributed to Texas and to San Angelo back in the 18, late 1800s, significant. Yeah. Uh, for our community. Very unique, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so we're going to have that memorial that hopefully will be finished by next year or started and finished okay. by next year. And so that's another piece of, of who we are. Mm-hmm. And we get to be a part of telling that story. Yeah. And that, to me, is so much fun. So what are you most excited about here in San Angelo, seeing happen or come here or grow? Or, you know, what are you excited about? Because you get to have your finger on the pulse of what's interesting here. You yeah. Know, that's your job is to find out what's interesting, what do I promote, that kind of thing. So what what are you excited about? Well, the one thing, and we we put this in our our branding, and you guys have helped us with that. The constant we have is the river. Mm-hmm. Everything else could go away; the river would still be here. Every man man thing and man made thing could go away, but the river would still be here. So there's lots of connections to the to the Concho River, but you know, I think overall we want to do a tourism master plan that really says. Okay, let's really look at our city from a much higher elevated view mm-hmm. and see what's missing. Yeah. What do we need? And what do we need in every area? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at 
the different districts of our city council districts, because every one of those has a set of citizens who need something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we bring it all to them? Not necessarily, but we can look at it. Uh, And so I would like us to have tourism neighborhoods in those districts, but I want to call them neighborhoods. I've joked about it and said districts is too Hunger Games to me. (laughs) So let's call it, you know, neighborhoods instead. But Let's talk about that. Yeah. And and what does that look like? Does there is there an ASU neighborhood? Is there a Nasworthy neighborhood? We already have a, a powerful downtown neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But let's see how we can improve things all over the community and not just in one or two locations because right. our citizens live in those places. So okay. whatever we improve in travel and tourism yeah. and the product in those areas is going to help the quality of life of those citizens as sure. well. Sure. Yeah. And so to me, that's an exciting step up on destination development, not just destination marketing. Okay. And, yeah. you know, developing the destination is just as important as marketing it. Right. So that, that is, that kind of fuels me now. And, and okay. we're working closely with our friends at Economic Development. Michael and Mike live, work in our office, the Mikes, as we call them. And so we are now kind of playing in their pool to help tell the quality of life story to anybody who's looking to bring a business here because it does all start with a visit. If they come for a visit to look at moving a business here, they need to know what there is to see and do Mm -hmm. because they may be needing to move employees and we need to make sure that those employees understand what a great community we have. Yeah. But that starts with a visit as well. Right. Even workforce, if we want to recruit workforce from out of town, telling the visitor story is is going to be key in getting them to come here. And yeah. we have a great quality of life. Absolutely. No, I love San Angelo. Having lived here when I was younger and moved away and then coming back again, I was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I like this town. Yeah. There's, people say there's nothing to do here, but it's, they're lazy. And people, well, and, and people are. <laughs> I mean, that I initially know. they are. I mean, we, we kind of live with our blinders on. Yeah. And you really have to look around. We, sure. we say, look at your community with visitor goggles. Mm-hmm. Look at it as if you've never been there every time you get in your car. Because yeah. we tend to just drive to work and we're done. But look at everything. See what's there. Our staff is pretty much trained to do that now. We look, we say, oh, there's a new this, there's this coming. I mean, that's what you should do. And we yeah. should all do that as citizens. Oh, look at that median. Do we need to do something different to that? Right. or? Is I I don't know how to get to this place. Do we need to look at new signs for that? Mm-hmm. I, you know, all of those things are are part of our role as citizens because we are also the ambassadors. Right. All of us should play that role. Yeah. As an ambassador to our community, wherever you live. Yeah. Be a be a, a great ambassador because you want the visitor to have a good experience. Yeah. Because if they leave and they don't have a good experience, they'll either be silent or they're going to talk badly about us. Right. Yeah, they'll never come back or, yeah. Exactly. And so we don't want that. We want it to be a great experience for all. And so yeah. we encourage that, especially we want we want positive, wonderful ambassadors to help tell the story. Yeah. So you mentioned like economic development. Is that normal for like Visitors Bureau and economic development to like work together in other cities? Or is that like... I know you have all these different departments that are within the Visitors Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce kind of thing. And I feel like that synergy, if you're able to work together, is great. But I don't know if that's normal for other towns to have or not. I don't know. It, it's not as prevalent as it should be. Mm-hmm. 
And we're all at fault for that. Uh, you know, I know a, a, a colleague of mine, Bill Geist, writes a book or wrote, wrote a book and he continues to update it on how to work best as a board member for a destination marketing organization. And he has said before, if we could just start over yeah, as destination marketers, what would we do? Throw out the old playbook and start a new one. And that is part of it. Destination development, destination marketing, working mm -hmm. with economic development. Because if you think about it, tourism is economic development. It's new money coming into our community, right. and then they're leaving. But they're they're coming, whether they're coming for a family reunion, coming to visit as a business owner, coming to a meeting. Yeah, their first impression of our community could change the way they do life. Right, and even for bigger. Businesses that are looking at, okay, where do we take our corporation? Right. They're looking at, okay, if we have to move everyone's family here, what are the families going to do? You know? Right. And then that comes back into visitors bureau. Like, where's all the fun things for yeah. the kids and the, and the moms and dads and, you know, everything. Um, and it, it all does work together. I feel like it's great whenever you have people that can see that connection and then work together instead of just being like, no, this is my thing. I don't want to share funds with you or I don't want to touch that. I just want credit for what I do and sure. you do yours and you fail on your, by yourself, you know, right. instead of being like, let's just work together. So Well, and, and our funds are designated and they're specific use for them. Yeah. But I don't care why the visitor comes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if yeah. they come for the week to look at business and we got the message for them to come here. Mm -hmm. Okay. It worked. Yeah. And they spent the night. Uh, you know, it, I, I read something and I don't, I can't credit who she was, but I saw something on LinkedIn several months ago. And a woman said the Destination Marketing Organization is the toy store of economic development because mm -hmm. we sell the fun. Right. We sell the fun things to see and do. And it is. That is who we are. And, you know, they sell all the other stuff. But we sell the fun. We sell the attractions, we sell nature, we sell art, we sell food, we sell nightlife, we sell all of that. And economic development can help us sell that mm -hmm. to their businesses. And so we have, we've learned those synergies and we're getting better and better at it. Um, and, and, and it's able, also we can look at their stories. I can go to a, 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 an existing manufacturer with the mics and hear what they have to say, how their history started. And I can pitch those ideas to media just because it's an interesting story. So I think, you know, we we can all do better mm -hmm. and, and across the board. And yeah, sometimes there's a there's a credit thing. I want the credit right. for it. And I like to say, and I say it often, I want to be the Wizard of Oz. I want to be behind the curtain. I want to keep throwing a ball to Toto to the right so he never finds the curtain. Yeah. Because I just want to be able to do that. I, I like being able to manipulate a story for the positive. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is a negative connotation that's hard to overcome, but you can. Yeah. You know, don't give up that you can't. I mean, all of us have that. And miring down in that negativity doesn't do anybody any good. Right. I mean, that's not just in business, but that's in life. Yeah. Try to find that, uh, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I, I say live your dash. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, you're born this time. 
you, you die at some point here, the dash is the only thing that matters. Right. And so wasting it away in negativity, is that really the only life you get? Is that really what you want to do with it? <laughs> right. And so that works for business as well. And so yeah. that's, that's always been my focus. Let's, let's live the dash and, and see what happens. So keep yeah. learning. I, you know, I'm, I'm 57. My mother would be mortified that I said that, but I'm 57, get ready to be 58 next month and yeah. still learning. And th that's, that's what, that's what it's about. And I, our industry has changed so much, but we've had to, to grow into it. And those of us who are my age who don't grow into it, that's a problem. We can't expect just the young people to, to take on those things we may not like. I'm not a fan of TikTok, but I've done it. Yeah. We don't have a TikTok account, but I wanted to see, is this something we want to do? So I need to do it myself. Right. And we may at some point do that, but I'll have some of the younger staff take care of it because it's just not something I like. Yeah. But it may be something we need to do. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, there's always different industries, different technologies, things that change. And if you just stick with, you know, if you're still only focused on the phone book or, you know, cold calling, then your industry is going to die. You got to keep right. looking at the new stuff and figuring out where to go. Right. But. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming here today. I, I feel like that's a, a good kind of place to wrap up, but um, it's really good talking with you and, and learning more about your industry and what you're doing. Um, if people want to find out more about your podcast that you mentioned, like the How Big Is Texas, and I think you have some other ones too, uh, your blog post, your podcast, where would people go to find that information? They can find How Big Is Texas, HowBigIsTexas.com is uh, my blog, and, and, and also the podcast is, is How Big Is Texas and all my social media there. And I have another new podcast called Views From My Veranda, where I talk about my views and I talk about the views that I'm literally seeing at the time. And so that's, uh, that's kind of a fun new adventure for me. Podcasting is a new adventure for me. And then for San Angelo, they can go to discoversanangelo.com and we hope they'll follow us, especially on our social media so they can find out about the things to see and do while they're in our community. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. Hey, you too. Thanks, yeah. Matt.